ghosted, ghosted, absolutely ghosted, no response, and then hired somebody younger. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about something that is kind of a universal human experience for all people, but I think especially people who are freelancers. Anyone who's ever had a career or is trying to build or grow a career has experienced or will experience rejection at some point in their lives. But like I said, I think that this is something that particularly freelancers and entrepreneurs deal with at probably at a higher rate than anyone else because we're constantly trying to get new gigs and trying to win new people over and get new projects. Therefore, rejection happens more frequently. So I think that people, I honestly think people are lying <laughs> when they say that they're totally fine with the rejection. I don't know. Maybe there is a, some people in the world who are completely fine with it. I'm not. I struggle sometimes with rejection. I'll be honest. I struggle with taking things a little too personally sometimes, but I am like 95% better than I was at one point in my life. So I want to share with you today some stories, you know, some things that I have learned, maybe some funny experiences I've had, and of course, some tips on how to better manage and prepare for and deal with rejection because it's going to happen. That's just a part of business. Today's iTunes review comes from Afro Digital Nomads. The title is Great Marketing. Found you on YouTube, followed you to social media, found your site, and now I am here. (laughs) I love this iTunes review. I actually shared it on my Instagram story while I was on my hiatus from the podcast because I'm like, man, I guess my marketing funnel is working. So thank you so much to Afro Digital Nomads and to everyone else out there listening. Please remember to review the show on iTunes. It helps me out a ton. It helps other people find the show and it's a great form of feedback for me as well. So if you could just take a few seconds, it really does help so, so much. And if you've already reviewed the show, please go ahead and share this show with a friend send it via text message or post it on Twitter or screenshot this episode and share it on your Instagram story. Just spread the word about the show if you don't mind because the Apple algorithm is a little bit hard these days to get seen to new audiences. So I would appreciate it. And yeah, let's get back into the show. So rejection is one of the few guarantees of freelancing. In another episode, we talked about, you know, personal growth being one of the only things that you can really expect out of of freelancing. And I would agree, I would add rejection to that list. Like I said, I'm not being negative when I say it's going to happen. I think if it doesn't happen, I almost feel like you're doing something wrong. I think that there is great rewards that come from great risks and putting yourself in uncomfortable situations When I am completely comfortable and just, you know, everything is kind of on autopilot and I'm not really trying for anything new, don't get me wrong, there's a time and a place for that. You know, if you you are intentionally taking time off or time to chill or whatever, that's a different thing. But when I'm really thinking about growing my business and I'm just completely comfortable and hanging out and everyone's saying yes and everything's fine, I don't know. It's a bit of a red flag because I'm not taking any risks. I'm not doing anything different. I'm kind of doing the status quo. So rejection is something that is definitely guaranteed um, in the, in this career path. Now, I'm not in the school of thought 
I'm not one of those people who who believes that everything happens for a reason. I actually really hate that saying. Uh, I just believe that there's way too much pain and suffering in the world for that to be a true statement. I can't justify childhood cancer. I can't justify natural disasters that kill huge amounts of people. So I'm, I don't believe that everything happens for a reason, personally. I know that's getting into like a little bit of a more philosophical talk, but I do believe that everything can teach you something. Even the worst things that I've experienced in my life, personally and professionally, have taught me something. If nothing else, they've taught me, I can do this. I can make it through this. I'm super effing strong. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I think rejection is definitely one of those things. I don't always think it's necessarily fair. I don't necessarily think that it's something that you deserve, but I think that you can always, always learn something if not about you and yourself and your strengths. It might be about the company or the person that you're getting rejected from. It might teach you about what you don't want. So there's lots of things that can be learned from it. So that's, you know, that's just something in my life in general. I always try to say, you know, if I made a mistake, I feel the same way about mistakes. Mistakes aren't always like the ideal situation or very rarely are they ever the ideal situation, but you can always learn something from them. So I've learned to deal with rejection by realizing a couple of things. I kind of talked about a few of them already, but number one, rejection is rarely, I don't want to say never, but it's rarely personal. I, over the years of, you know, being in business, I start to really understand data and spreadsheets and numbers and all of that boring stuff that I think that when you're starting out as a business owner, you're still coming at it from a very human side. And I think it's important to keep that perspective and keep a human side to your business, of course. But I think once you do it for a while, once you maybe work with larger companies or get more into data and analytics and stuff, you start to understand things from kind of a different perspective. It's not always just about hiring the person who's nice. It's not always about saying yes because they blew you away with their pitch. Sometimes it's just not in the budget. Sometimes it just makes more fiscal sense to hire somebody who is more affordable. Sometimes the, um, You know, they just can't take a risk with somebody who's maybe a newer freelancer versus somebody who has worked on an account exactly like theirs before and shown success. So it's very rarely personal. It can sometimes be personal and sometimes be unjust. And I'm going to share some interesting stories with you later. But, you know, for the most part, it's rarely personal. That's helped me kind of take a step back. And if I get rejected, I just say, you know what? There was a million reasons why they could have said no, and it probably wasn't my fault. You probably didn't do anything wrong. It's also a part of business. Like I said, you know, we can't say yes to everything. Think about it. I mean, I get pitches all the time from people as for something as little as, hey, I want to be on your podcast. And I realize they're not a good fit, and that's not really the direction I'm trying to take this season anyway by having a ton of interviews. So I have to say no, right? That's not a personal thing. It's just it's, it doesn't make editorial sense. I get pitches all the time from people saying, hey, I want to um, help you with your ads or help you with this, help you with that. I just I don't need it. I know how to do it myself or I don't have the budget right now, whatever it is. So just think about it. I mean, I'm not a mean person. I want to help everybody. Sometimes I just have to say no. Same thing for the clients you're going after. And lastly, again, you can grow from it. You can almost always learn something 
And once you cool, take that cool down period, (laughs) because that's, I always need that. If I get told no, I need a minute to like, you know, gather myself together. If it's something that I really wanted or that is really affecting me. And a couple days later, I can look at things a little bit more objectively and say, you know what? They were right about X, Y, Z. Or you know what? That person that they picked instead does have X, Y, Z. They're showing this on their website. Maybe I need to show more testimonials and case studies on my website. Maybe I, you know, whatever it is. And it's not to say that you need to be somebody else. You need to be the person who got the gig instead of you or whatever, obviously. But you can learn something. You can take something from that. Almost always. So what really triggered this episode today was I actually got rejected from something kind of random. It wasn't like a, I guess it was a client, but it wasn't a, you know, I didn't do like a social media marketing pitch or anything. It was actually a really random opportunity that somebody else, um, I I don't want to say exactly what it it is. I don't want to, you know, make it too obvious here, but somebody else recommended that I apply for this gig basically. And I didn't really necessarily want to when they first brought it to me it was actually another one of my clients suggested it to me and I thought that was just so nice of them to think of me and so I kind of almost took a look at this gig because I felt obligated to or I felt like I owed my client something because they were looking out you know and once I got into the weeds with it and started doing research and started preparing my materials to apply for it I actually started to get really excited about it and I was like this is actually a really cool opportunity And then I started to really want it. They took forever (laughs) to get back to me. They were supposed to get back within like a week and they took like two and a half weeks. Um, And I didn't get it. And, you know, it sucked. I'm going to be honest with you. It sucked because I start to feel like almost resentful in a weird way. Like, why did I waste my time and get my hopes up on this when this isn't even something that I was, I wasn't even looking for new clients right now. I was, I was going about my day living my life, being happy. And this thing had to bring me down and knock my ego down a few rungs for nothing. Like I didn't even want this to begin with. You know what I mean? And one, that's a very bratty way of looking at things. I understand, but I think it's human. And yeah, it was, that's really what, what encouraged me to, to talk about it because I do think still there are people in this world who think that other people don't experience rejection. That if you reach a certain level, which I don't even think I'm at that level, number one, but if you do reach a certain level that you are immune to rejection or that you never deal with it or that it doesn't hurt, that you just like get up and brush yourself off. And it did it did hurt. It hurt even more because the person who rejected me was like, oh, you know, you were like at the top of our list. We decided to just go with a different concept. And it's like, I guess that makes me feel better somewhat, but it also makes me feel worse because I know that I was qualified for it. I know that I was, I would have been able to do the job. So it's, it's like there was nothing I could have done because they just decided to go a different stylistic route. You know what I mean? But I think going back to my whole things that helped me deal with it, going with a different style or whatever for the thing, that's not personal, you know? It wasn't that I was a bad person. It wasn't that I did a bad job. It was that they wanted to go a different direction. And it sucks because, like I said, there's nothing you can do about it. But at least it's not personal. Now, another thing I learned from this rejection experience was that 
maybe I should have went with my gut a little bit more too because like I said I kind of had some hesitation in the beginning and didn't I kind of felt like I was doing it for someone else even though I did eventually really want it I feel like maybe that skewed things you know maybe that made it so that my heart wasn't truly in it I think if it was something that I truly wanted from day one maybe I would have put a little bit more effort even though I did feel like I did a really good job on my you know thing to my application for lack of better words it wasn't a job but and then another thing about going with my gut that I think I learned is they actually asked me to basically do like a whole strategy document as a part of the application process and normally I would never do that you guys I have started actually charging deposits typically so when a like a marketing client says hey I basically need like a detailed proposal like more than just a hey this is what I'm going to do xyz I charge them a deposit just to do that because that way if they say no to more services, I at least have gotten paid for my time. So what I'm saying is I typically would have charged a client like this, some type of a deposit or something to do the amount of detailed work that I did. And again, you know, I think sometimes you gotta you, you gotta decide when it's worth the risk, when it's worth whatever. But technically, I mean, they might take my ideas and run with them and that's gonna be really annoying if that happens. So yeah, I think I learned some things. And I also think I can kind of comfort myself knowing I didn't really do anything wrong. And at least I got feedback that what I did was good, you know. Another rejection experience that I think is pretty common that I've experienced a couple of times, not a ton of times, but is just not being able to afford you. I mean, that's like, that's the easiest one to deal with, I think. Yeah, I think the money thing is something that's very, very common. I was working with a client for probably almost a year and one day I just knew it was coming. I just knew because they kind of started to be weird. Like they started to, um, communicate a lot less. They would be unavailable for phone calls. They wouldn't respond to emails. They were just, everything was getting a little strange. Yeah. Finally, we were kind of on a month to month contract, which again, like don't do that, <laughs> but I talk about that all the time. So anyway, we're kind of on a month to month contract. They kind of got grandfathered in cause I'd been working with them for a long time. I was only side hustling. So it wasn't that big of a deal. And yeah, they were like, hey, your services are great, but we just can't afford them. The money just isn't coming in. And it was something that was kind of indirect to social. Like I, there wasn't really a lot that I could sell and say, hey, well, we could do this campaign or we could do this. It was kind of just their business was slow and, and social was really more of a branding element than an, a revenue driver. Obviously, social does a little bit of both most times, but it was mostly a branding thing. So, you know, that was pretty easy for me because it's just like, okay, like I get it. Like you can't, make money come out of the air. So that one I think is easy to deal with. It's not easy to deal with from a financial perspective per se, but I think emotionally, you know, you can let it go. And those clients I'm so friendly with and they've referred people to me and things like that. So how you respond to that also, how you respond to rejection is really important because you can just say, okay, screw you or, you know, not respond or just be a jerk Or you can say, no worries, I totally understand. I think what I said to these people, this client is, you know, if there's a one-off project you need help with, or if there's, you know, just kind of like a lower price point thing, or if something changes, feel free to reach out, that kind of thing. Keeping the door open, or at least keeping a nice, good relationship, for lack of better words, says a lot about who you are you know, and it, and it will, maybe they can't afford you. Maybe they never can afford you again, but they will definitely refer people to you. If you were truly a nice person and you were good to work with and you did, you know, 
deliver for them. It's just obviously you can't save an entire business with a social media post necessarily. So that's important. Now, on the other hand, I've had some really terrible examples of rejection that still sting a little bit for me. And I want to tell you about those ones. So first one, well, let me just say I've been rejected for a lot of jobs in my life, like a lot. I mean, I don't know if this is just the norm for the, you know, job market or whatever, but I just feel like I get rejected for everything. The thing that bothers me the most about getting rejected for jobs, though, is when I don't even get an interview, when it's something I 100% qualify for. I rarely get rejected for jobs that I get an interview for. So I think that Generally speaking, I'm a good interviewer. When people meet me, generally speaking, not all the time, but they like me. I prove that I I know my stuff. It's normally the rejection happens kind of either I don't get the interview, I don't get a call back, I just get ignored. So this one I got rejected after spending a lot of time, investing a lot of energy, going to interviews for things like that. So it was a job. It was a day job. It was kind of my dream job. It was a social media manager job at, um, let's just say it's in academia. I don't want to say exactly where it is. Obviously, I'm not going to say that. It's in academia, which I love academia. That's like my dream. Like I want to be a part-time college professor someday. And got the phone interview, went amazing. They loved me. On the call, they were literally like, oh my gosh, like you need to come, like obsessed with me, okay? I had a full-time job at the time. I was not really even actively looking for a new job it just kind of stumbled across my LinkedIn feed and so I took a day off to go to you know um, an in-person interview maybe a week or two later or something and that went really well aside from the fact that she asked me an illegal question which was how old are you I don't know if it's illegal or if it's just immoral but you're not supposed to ask people stuff like that And so that weirded me out, but the interview went really well. She was like, you're absolutely qualified. We need someone like you on our team. You're so smart. You're so experienced. Yada, 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 yada. (laughs) Called me back or sent me an email later in the day and said, hey, can you come in for a second interview with some of the rest of the team, like rest of the department? She gave me a date and time. Now, I had a day job, like I said, And I checked my day job calendar and I had something that I could not move. It was like an all company type of meeting with the CEO. You know, it was one of those things that you just can't miss. And I am not the type of person to lie to anybody. I would never lie to my old job and say, oh, I'm sick. (laughs) Like, I I don't do that. I don't believe in that. So I let them know. I said, hey, is there a different time unfortunately I have a, a meeting that I really can't move if that's the only time that works let me know and I'll see what I can do I'll talk to my manager or whatever ghosted ghosted absolutely ghosted no response and then hired somebody younger <laughs> which I don't know if is actually related but I have to feel like it was kind of related because she asked me how old I was specifically and kind of had some hesitation about the point that I was at in my career kind of made it seem like I was maybe overqualified or honestly might be kind of competition for this person who is interviewing me. It was just really weird and really hurt my feelings. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to tell you how I found out who she hired, but it's a really funny story. If you know me in real life, you can ask me, Um, but I just don't want to put it out there on the internet. But anyway, so that's one of those things. Ghosting is like this whole thing that I just think is so disrespectful, is so rude. All they had to do was say, hey, sorry, we actually found someone else. Or, you know what, that's the only time we're available. There were two responses. Like, or sure, what's another time that works for you? There were three responses, okay? (laughs) And if she would have said, you know what, the day after you came in for the interview, we actually found someone that we we decided to go with instead, 
I would have been hurt, but I wouldn't have like boycotted that institution because it just left a really bad taste in my mouth. Another experience happened recently with a another a business, a local business. They asked me to come in and it, this was for a, a freelance client though. They asked me to come in and, and she was like basically ready to sign on the dotted line at the meeting and just said, hey, give me a proposal. So I stayed up. I, well, I stayed in. I canceled my social life on a Sunday to get a proposal over and got it done. Even put a nice little discount because it was like a bulk type thing. Like they wanted multiple things done, multiple channels, multiple properties. Sent it over. My response, I thought you were going to add a discount onto this. My response, I did. <laughs> Their response, ghost. <laughs> yeah. Ghosting just really bothers me. But here's how to address it. Well, first thing, know that ghosting is a reflection of them, not of you. Honestly. I mean, I think taking a step back from both of those situations, were there things that I could have done differently? Maybe. I mean, I don't, honestly, I'm being very objective right now. I'm pretty good at (laughs) self-criticism, believe it or not. And I really, especially in that the job situation, I don't know what else I could have done. I had already taken a PTO day to go to the first interview. Do you really want to hire the type of person who's going to lie to their current employer and pretend to be sick to make it work? Or do you want to hire the type of employee who has integrity and is going to honor their commitments and make it work with them? I mean, I've interviewed people in corporate jobs before and they've said, no, I can't make it that day. I have like going to be like, okay, cool. What's another day? I don't know. So I really personally don't really see what else I could have done differently in that situation. So to me, like I said, that's a reflection of those institutions, those employers, whatever, those clients in the fact that they're just not polite, respectful people. I can handle a no. Ghosting is something, obviously I can handle it, but it's it's a lot harder to handle because you're always left with that question. Like, did I do something that was really messed up? Is the answer no or am I still waiting around for them to give me an answer? And especially when it comes to freelance stuff, like the the other company that I talked about, it was frustrating because it was this rush, rush thing. And I was holding on other clients. There are other people who are often asking me for my services, which I'm blessed to have. But if I sent a proposal out to another company, I'm going to tell those other people waiting no, I can't, or at least not right now, because I'm getting ready to onboard someone new, especially when they give me the indication that they're absolutely gung-ho about it and then just ghost me. Like, it's just a very disrespectful thing to do. And I'm not perfect. I'm sure that I've ghosted people. I try really hard to at least say, hey, not at this time, or, you know, this isn't going to work. But here are some things that you can do to address it when it does happen. You can follow up, number one. I don't think I followed up with that client, I actually I did. I followed up once, but I feel like that's enough. You know, I get the picture. <laughs> I get the picture. If you ignore me twice, I'm not going to harass you. With the employer situation, I think I, yeah, actually, I think I followed up once for both of them. At that point, that's kind of where I'm like, you know what? Okay, if you're not going to reply to my follow-up, this is just getting weird. One thing, though, that does help is using specific verbiage. So, One thing that I've stopped doing when I have to follow up to clients is I've stopped saying, let me know if you're still interested. That's one that I used to use all the time. No, don't don't, don't do that. Use a black and white yes or no type question that they have to answer. So 
I will say, if you could please let me know either way or just send a reply back either way and let me know where we're at with this, things like that, because they can just, I mean, it's really rude to just reply with the letters N-O, but at least you know. So you can literally just say, hey, just let me know, yes or no. That's all you have to reply with um, so I can move forward. You can also let them know kind of what the holdup is. Like I said, I, I was holding on clients for this other person, this this um, prospect. I could have responded and said, hey, I do have some people kind of in line. I don't want to overbook myself. So if you could let me know by end of day tomorrow or whatever, if you want to move forward, that'd be great. Like something like that. And you can also use email trackers <laughs> if worse comes to worse. I mean, I track I track a lot of my emails not in a, uh, a creepy way. I just track them to make sure that they go through, especially if it is like a proposal or something, because sometimes attachments get um, like spam blocked or whatever. They get caught up in Google's filters and everything. So I use a and a Chrome extension. It's called MailTrack. HubSpot also has a mail tracker. You know, just turning that on so you can see if they're opening them. Because in these situations, I don't I don't think I used a mail tracker for the job one, but for the client one, I did. I saw that they opened both follow-ups and didn't respond. So I'm like, okay, at that point, it's a choice. You know, it's not like the signals got crossed. Not, you know, you read them and you didn't respond. So I, I have my answer. So those things help. So yeah, that's kind of, those are kind of my experiences. Obviously, those aren't my only experiences with rejection, but those are kind of two examples of the types of rejections that I've experienced and sort of how I've dealt with them. So they're not fun. You know, I just want to close kind of the same way that I opened. Every single person goes through rejection for the most part. I mean, unless you've never left your house and you've never tried anything new and you've never really pushed yourself. I think definitely every successful person, whatever successful means to you, however you define that, every successful person has went through rejection. And I always I always kind of compare freelancing with Hollywood in a weird way. Obviously, they're very, very different skills, but really celebrities like actors and hosts, that kind of world, they're really freelancers. I mean, Yeah, they have some unions and stuff that protect them that freelancers don't, but they're kind of the original freelancers. They're working projects. They're always trying to win new projects. And when they're done shooting their movies or their TV shows, they're on hiatus and they're kind of either searching for more work or enjoying that chill life. So they're kind of, they kind of are a good model for a lot of things in a weird way, to me at least. I was listening to this interview. You guys, I'm not pregnant. I'm not trying to get pregnant, full disclosure. I don't know why, but I just really like this podcast. I haven't been listening to it lately, but I I was listening to it for a long time. It's called the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. And again, I swear, I'm actually really not interested in being pregnant ever personally, but I really like this guy's voice. So I listened to it a lot when I was going to sleep. I know, it's so weird. But Hilary Duff was on an episode and she was talking about growing up in LA because she's from Texas. Her parents moved her and her sister to LA when they decided they wanted to pursue acting. And she was talking about going to school with the same kids that they were up against in auditions. And I'm like, that takes a very large amount of strength and discipline, especially as a child to be able to do that. Because, and it, and it's true. I mean, every celebrity, when you think about it, like 
they're kind of all competing for the same roles. They're often auditioning for the same things. They're being compared to each other constantly. And a lot of them get rejected and then have to see their arrival or their peer, whatever you want to call it, colleague, whatever, on screen doing the job that they wanted to do. But yeah, everybody's been through rejection. I think that the thing that makes somebody like Hilary Duff, or, you know, insert successful celebrity, insert successful freelancer, business owner, whatever. I think the thing that sets them apart is that they get back up. They deal with it. They get rejected. And they. I think Lady Gaga is like another example of somebody who's been rejected so many times. And it took so long for her to kind of get that respect, I guess, or get somebody to take a chance on her. If she would have just given up when she was 19, playing in bars and stuff, like, you know, we wouldn't have Lady Gaga. So I don't know. I think everybody's dealt with it. Everybody will deal with it. And I think your response to it says a lot about who you are. And in contrast, you know, people's non-responses to you say a lot about who you are. But I also think the ghosting thing goes both ways too. Because I have been guilty, I know, of ghosting sometimes. I'm so much better at it now. But especially when I was side hustling, when I had a day job, I was like, I couldn't respond to all the emails. So now I I do respond to, I would say like 99% of my emails. (laughs) And definitely if somebody follows up, if somebody follows up, I'm like, oh shoot, I need to respond. But yeah, it does go both ways. Because I do know freelancers who ignore their inbox and ignore, you know, potential projects. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, that's a reflection of your business. And that says something about who you are and how how serious you take this and how you care about your clients. So definitely goes both ways. But I hope this episode was helpful. Keep your head up. And yeah, just remember, if you're not getting rejected, you might not be taking enough risks. Hey, freelancer. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I love the community that we've built together, and if you'd like to take things to the next level, I'd love for you to join me over on Patreon. You can commit to as little as $2 a month, unlocking access to patron-only polls, your name as a thank you in my videos, templates for putting together case studies, and lots more. Patron funding goes right back into the podcast and the YouTube channel, enabling me to continue offering these resources 100% free of charge. You can cancel anytime, and the link for it will be in the show notes. It's just my name, patreon.com slash Latasha James. See you over there.